Mind Body Solution presents enlightening discourse that will change the way you think about the mind body connection by taking an in depth philosophical probe into the nature of perception, emotion, cognition, volition, intuition, and so much more. It will show you just how difficult, intellectually and practically, the mind body problem is. You see, I've spent the vast majority of my life studying the human mind. It all began in my childhood when I first came across a book by Oliver Sacks. The book was titled The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. Oliver Sacks was a neurologist, and after reading his book, I remember having the urge to become one myself. However, as time went on, I realized that his approach to his patients was different compared to other neurologists. His study of patients' subjective phenomenological experiences, his obsession with a deeper philosophical picture, and the attention to detail that he paid to perception and reality was very similar to the approach taken by philosophers and psychiatrists. Sachs was more than a neurologist. He was a doctor of the soul, and that's where the word psychiatry comes from. His work went beyond the brain and traversed into the mind. Thanks to him and many others, my love for studying the human experience began and eventually culminated into a career that now incorporates both mental health and philosophy, as well as medicine and healthcare as a whole. My work focuses on a range of fascinating topics that include computational psychiatry, phenomenological psychopathology, value theory, ethics, and the philosophy of science, mind, and mental health. See, it comes with no surprise that mental health care practitioners claim a very special expertise in the study of mind. Philosophy of mind should thus be uniquely their philosophy. Conversely, given the immensely diverse range of abnormal mental phenomena with which psychiatry is concerned, philosophers of mind should also be uniquely intrigued by what psychiatrists or mental health practitioners deal with on a day-to-day basis. Psychiatry and philosophy form a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship. I come into close contact with the human mind via a first-person subjective phenomenological perspective as well as a third-person objective clinical encounter that involves the study of neural correlates in the form of brain scans and EEGs as well as physical and mental examinations of patients. And over the years, I've come to realize that Studying the pathological manifestations of the mind can provide some of the most informative explanations and deepest understandings of the mind itself. Psychiatrists, mental health practitioners, mental health nurses, they work at the very interface of the mind and body. And these fields show just how difficult the mind-body problem really is, both theoretically and practically. Now, what is the mind-body problem? It is philosophy's most infamous problem. How is it possible that a biological being, a body, can become a psychological system or a mind? What is this connection between the mind and the body? What is the mind-body connection? Are we just minds with bodies? Are we just bodies with minds? I don't have the answer. And this podcast does not claim to have the answer, even though it's called Mind-Body Solution. However, I do know one way we can find the solution. And that's why I named this podcast mind-body solution, paying homage to the infamous mind-body problem. I do believe that by only studying minds in their normal states or their typical states, we fail to utilize the important resource that is atypical, that is disorder, that is illness. 
Whether you're a dualist, monist, pluralist, functionalist, illusionist, behaviorist, physicalist, idealist, the list goes on and on. If you are not considering the various abnormal mental phenomena that the mind is capable of experiencing, then you've made a tremendously uninformed conclusion regarding the mind-body problem. Any atypical state of mind is an absolutely valuable asset for the study of the mind. And what becomes apparent when we look at our experience of mind from a more holistic point of view is that our mind is not solely dependent on our brains. We are embodied beings. We're also embedded in an environment that we have to continuously enact upon. We also have extended our cognition via the scientific and technological tools at our disposal. So we should no longer pigeonhole our search for the mind by only looking within. We also need to look outward. Brains are fundamentally a part of our cognitive repertoire. However, they are not solely responsible for conscious experiences. Even when we observe the brain as a statistical organ functioning with Bayesian-like principles, it becomes clear that we are dynamic processes that function within a dynamic cosmos. Understanding how we are able to compute our own experience was never going to be an easy endeavor. We have to involve as many branches of knowledge as possible. And that means trying to explain and understand the human mind by starting at the very beginning, the very basic building blocks of life. Starting with quantum mechanics, moving your way upward to physics, chemistry, biology, anatomy, physiology, psychology, sociology, anthropology, economics, linguistics, artificial intelligence, and then applying philosophy and psychiatry to all of these branches of knowledge having philosophical discussions about each of them from a mental health perspective. That is the way we will understand the human experience. Shifting the perspective, not merely reducing us to the sum of our parts in a nothing but mindset, but acknowledging that we have many layers of reality. Seeing us as perceiving persons, organized by organs, crafted by cells, manufactured by molecules, designed by DNA, assembled by atoms, forged by fusion via stellar supernovae. By acknowledging each of these layers of reality, we tremendously increase the scope of the discussion and add so many more layers of knowledge in this quest to understand the mind-body connection, to help us find a solution to the mind-body problem. The quest to conquer the mind will require a cumulative culmination of collaborative encounters. We may never figure out the mind-body problem, and that's okay. I still enjoy the absurdness of our obsession to find the solution. This podcast is dedicated to understanding the mind in both its physiological and pathological forms.